Hey, what's up everyone? Welcome back to Babylon Talmud. Today we're studying Daf. What Daf are we studying today? From what I can tell, we're studying Daf Ches. Daf 8 of Masechet Pesachim. Um, again, another home run today. I mean, Masechet Pesachim has just been very, very good to us. So, Daf Ches discusses reasons to use a candle rather than a torch. Um, the idea that places where you do not bring chametz, you do not have to do a bedikas chametz over there. Um, okay, we discuss doing bedikas chametz in a hole in the wall. Do you have to check the holes in the wall? Some interesting uh, outcomes of there, including shluche mitzvah inan nizokin, that uh, messengers of a mitzvah, that people on their way to do a mitzvah, do not get harmed, which is an interesting concept. We're going to uh, uh, discuss that a little bit. Some interesting experience design. Very, very, actually, I love it. It's very, very interesting. You know, things to take into consideration when you're planning an event. Um, we'll get there. And then the machlokas between Beisham and Beisilel in a wine cellar vis-a-vis Bidikas Chametz. Um, let us begin on Daf Zayin Amud Beis, all the way at the bodom, last line of the page, Tanur Abonan, the rabbis taught, in bodkin lo le'orecham of le'ora levano, you do not do bedikas chametz with the light of the sun, nor with the light of the moon, nor with the light of a torch, el or haner. You use a candle, one candle, one flame. Because the light of a candle is very good for searching for chametz. And even though there's no explicit proof in the Torah. However, as we saw twice yesterday, Zechuladavar, there is a reference to it. Shinemar, as the Pazuk that for seven days, leaven shall not be found in your house, houses. And of course, it says, Anybody know? How do I know that? You know, it, it didn't say that whole Pasuk in the Gemara, but I knew the rest of it by heart. Do you know why I knew the rest of it by heart? Because it's from Parsha's Miketz. Parsha's Miketz is my bar mitzvah Parsha. If anybody was wondering. Um, okay, let's go weiter. So, um, it says, um, Yimatze by Chomet. It says, Yimatze by, um, the sack of Binyamin. And it also says, Yimatze And it also says in, uh, where was this pasuk in Svanya? That at that time I will search in Jerusalem by Neris, which is already candles. That the candle of God is the soul of man who searches inside of um, everybody. So, um, so, so, that, so just the same thing. This is the third time we're seeing the same kind of uh, bunch of psukim to show that because chametz is done with the candle now. Hai or acham echida. I mean, we just said that do not do bidigas chametz with the light of the sun. What are we talking about? Inei mubachatzer. Okay, so are we talking about like outside? Like you don't have to do bidigas chametz like in your outside courtyard? Is that what we mean? And then when you're outside, don't use the sunlight? Hamurav achatzer in a tzricha bidika. But Rav already said that a chatzer, we all know what a chatzer is. A chatzer, <laughs> we can't forget, it's permanently branded in our bl- in our brains um so <laughs> so, so rava says guess what a chatzar while it might need an eruv it doesn't need a bedikas chametz 
um, because there are ravens over there, and the ravens are going to, whatever bread there may have been, the ravens will eat. So, therefore, you don't have to do a Bidikas Chamans Pichlal in a Chatzar. Oh, no. So, when you say Achsadra, come on, what do you think? Achsadra Babikra, Pitiku Yod Visosim, Achlokus Rav and Shmuel, right? Anyways, well, it's a good thing. So, Achsadra Babikra, no, Portico. And right up uh, this like uh, structure with open walls. So is that what we're talking about? And we're saying don't use the sunlight. Even in there, use like a candle. But Rava says that a portico actually is able to be um, done the bedikas chametz with its sunlight. So let's aruba So it's talking about a skylight in a room. If you have a room with a skylight, do not rely upon the sunlight. Rather, use a candle. And where are we talking about? But if we're talking about right opposite the skylight, well, what's the problem? Why should right opposite the skylight be any different than a portico? I mean, you have this place that has a roof over it, but there's plenty of sunlight. So you can use the sunlight. So so it's talking about the sides. There we go. So if you have a room that has a window, I'm in a room with a window. So you would be able to theoretically... Although it's night outside right now, so that wouldn't work so good. But you'd theoretically be able to do the Badika Shamits opposite the window um, during the day and use the sunlight. However, to the sides where the, you know, the room is still light because there's light coming through the window, but um, it's not directly opposite the window, maybe to the sides. So then do not rely upon the sunlight. Use a candle. Vavuka though, what's wrong with using a torch right we said okay so don't use sunlight we just explained that that means in a room don't on, on the sides of the um skylight not necessarily windows right skylight well what about a window we didn't really discuss windows actually specifically we discussed skylights maybe a window would be the same thing i don't know the answer um but that bryce had also said do not use a torch the question is why not don't use a torch but rava said my what does the puzzle mean vinoga uzo that uh, apparently this is the Pasuk, and Tudas David understands this Pasuk as referring to the, um, what, like the, the Luchos? But it means, right, that uh, you can also I think, understand this Pasuk in the context of Tzadikim, that they will have a light, and they will radiate light, like um, like it says, by Moshe ben Kikaran or Panov, that his face was radiating, radiating Visham Chavin Uzo, by God, is the is, is, this, is this, his strength. Okay, but the Drasha is this. It's not such a, it's not such an easy pasuk to like uh, explain, but the drasha is lamat tzadikim domin b'fnei shchina. What are tzadikim like um, relative to the presence of God? Kiner b'fnei avuka. They are like a candle before a torch. So clearly, so a torch is a reference to God. So clearly, there's nothing wrong with a torch. So if that's the case, why would you want to avoid using a torch for b'dikas chametz? Rava says, Rava, Rava also says, we're going to learn later on in the parak, um, Arve Psachim, at the end of Mesech the Psachim, um, it says that when it comes to Abdullah, the best thing you could possibly use is a torch. So, like, why are we hating on torches? Like, we seem to have very good connotations of torches. So, Amr of Nachum, we have four answers now. Amr of Nachum by Yitzchak, I love singing of Nachum by Yitzchak after we had a hiatus. I don't remember him seeing, if we're seeing of Nachum by Yitzchak too much in Mesechta Erevin, but it's great to have him back here at Mesechta Psachim. So, it says of Nachum by Yitzchak, Zayachol achnisu l'chorin v'lestakim, Zayachol achnisu l'chorin v'lestakim, for very practical 
reasons. That a candle, you can get into small little places, into holes and cracks. Whereas a torch, you are unable to get into holes and cracks because it's it's big and dangerous and you wouldn't do that. Rav Zvid Amar. Ze'or lefanav ze'or lacharv. Interesting. Rav Zvid says, well, a candle's light would uh, shines be- in front of it, whereas a torch's light shines behind it. Okay? Great. I'll take his word for it. Um, and therefore, we're going to want to uh, focus the candle on what's in front of us. Rav Papa Amar, hai bayis vailo bayis. Rav Papa says, well, a torch is kind of scarier, meaning if you're using a torch inside of your house in order to search for your chametz in very small places, you're going to be very nervous. They're going to light your house on fire and you're not going to be focused enough on searching for uh, chametz. So therefore, you use a candle, which is a lot more, is a lot tamer, and you could focus on searching for the chametz. Ravina Amar, hai moshach nahor mikatif iktufe. Ravina says that um, the flame of a candle is kind of stable and straight and tall, whereas the flame of a torch is jumping all over the place. And therefore, we, you know, we want to be able to focus the light and therefore use a candle rather than a torch. Says the Mishnah, right? The Mishnah, right? We're going, we're going on, we're moving on in the Mishnah. We said that any place where you know with certainty that you do not bring chametz into that place, well then, no need to do a b'dikas chametz. The Gemara asks, when we say kol makom, kol means all, everything. That's a very inclusive word. So the Gemara wants to know, what are we including that is not listed in our Mishnah. What are the types of places that are included in this halacha that you, you know, that would be exempt from Dikas Hametz? So, where am I? So it's to include that which the rabbis taught. So if you have holes in your walls in a house, and you could put Hametz in these holes in the wall, so if they are very high or very low, so it's an inconvenient place to put chametz, vigaga yatsia, or a, um, a roof that's on an angle, on a downward slope for like some kind of, I don't know, shed of sorts that is next to your house, vigaga migdal, or if you have a closet that is outside, and so we're talking about on top of the closet, virefes bakar, your like cattle uh, pen, I guess. Velulin and uh, chicken um, coops, umatbein and places where you keep grain, yayin and places where you store wine, shemen places where you store wa- uh, oil. All of those places in Tzvichim Bedika, you do not need to do Bedika's chametz because the assumption is that you're not bringing um, chametz into there. If you have in your house, you have some kind of a bed, and um, it divides up areas of your house, and you can also put things underneath this bed. Umafsekes, and there's space between, let's say, like, I don't know, let's just say the mattress area and the floor, like the, the area under the, the bed. So you could you could store stuff there. So Tzricha Bedika, you would have to do a Bedika's Chametz under there, because you might store Chametz there. Vera Minu, but we have a question. If you have, a, you know, if you have Reuven and Shimon, they share a wall, um, and there's a hole in the wall, and you could put chametz in that hole. So So Ruvain sticks his hand in as far as he can go, and uh, oh well, really he searches for chametz for in the width of the wall, in the thickness of the wall that is as far as his hand could possibly reach. And Shimon does the same thing. And if there's more area that neither of them can reach, 
well, then they're just mevatel at belibo. They just do a bitol and say, look, if there's any chametz there, it's as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. Reb Shimon meaning it does, it's not mine, it's hefker kafradar. Reb Shimon Gamliel Omer says Reb Shimon Gamliel, mita cholekes b'sochabais. If you have this bed that's dividing up space in your house, ve'etzim b'avonim sturim tachteo, and you have um, trees and stones underneath this bed umavsekes, and there's also uh, area between the um, bed and the floor. Although I guess by definition there's going to have to be area be- un- by, by the floor because there's trees and um, stones. But I think what it means is at least that there's space between the bed and the stone area. You don't have to do a bedika. Now, let us recap. The first brisa said that when you have these holes in the wall that are high up and low down, you do not have to do bedikas chametz. They are an example of a place that would be putter from bedikas chametz. Yet, this later Brisa said that you have Reuben and Shimon who share the wall, they have to do bedikas as far in these holes, they have to do this bedikas as far as their hands go. What's going on? First we said your putter, then we said your chayv, um, to do bedika. Next, when it comes to this bed, Reb Shimon Gamliel first said that you do not need to do bedika underneath the bed. But then we have a bride that says that you do have to do bedika underneath the bed. So, uh, the, actually the opposite. Rishimah Gamliel said that you have to do bedika under, underneath the bed. But then, the bride says that according to Rishimah Gamliel, the same Rishimah Gamliel, you do not need to do um, bedika under the bed. So, 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 who could tell me what's going on over here? Or who could tell the Gemara what's going on over here? The Gemara will tell you what's going on over here. Okay, let's start with the holes in the wall. That is no problem. Well, the first b'risa was actually pretty clear that when it says that you do not need to do b'dikas chametz in these holes in the wall, it's talking about where they're too high or too low, a place where it's inconvenient and you wouldn't really put chametz over there. That's why you do not need to do b'dikas chametz. But v'habimitzai. When we're talking about Reuven and Shimon who share a wall and there's a hole and, you know, they do bedika as far as their hand can go, well, that's talking about where the bedik, where the hole is kind of at a very, is in the middle. Is It's in a convenient place where you would um, put chametz and access chametz. So therefore, uh, that is why they have to do bedika. Mita mita lokasha. And also the beds are no problem. If the bed is very tall, so therefore you're probably gonna, you know, there's more of a likelihood that you'll put chametz under it, so then you would do bedikas chametz. If the bed was not very high off the ground, and it's inconvenient to put things underneath it, so then you don't have to do bedikas chametz. Now, your wine cellar does not, a place where you store wine does not require bedikas chametz, but we learn in Hebrea, that um, places where you store wine, you do need to do a bedikas chametz. Otsus shemen in sarich bedika, but places where you store oil does not need a bedikas chametz. So, uh, on the one hand, we're saying we said earlier that both places where you store wine and places where you store oil do not need bedikas chametz. Those were examples of things that do not require bedikas chametz. Yet we have a brayse that's saying while um, places where you store oil are exempt from B'dikas Chametz, but places where you store wine, you would nonetheless have to do B'dikas Chametz, here, what are we talking about? B'mistapik, it's talking about where um, you generally take wine during the meal, meaning, if you have a wine cellar, and generally in the middle of the meal, you run out of wine, you run down to the cellar, grab some more wine, you might have some bread with you, 
um, or Rashi on the first on the Mishnah on the first daf explained that maybe you'll have like a waiter who who, who works. Um, maybe you're at a restaurant or you're at a, a your house, whatever it might be. There's a waiter who might run into that that wine cellar with some bread. So that is why you would have to do b'tikas chametz. Well, if that's the case, then why should a uh, where you store oil be any different? Right? We said that where you store wine, you have to do b'tikas chametz. Where you store oil, you do not. I mean, in the same Bryce, I said that while you would have to do b'tikas chametz in your wine cellar, you would not have to do the same. You would have to do b'tikas chametz where you keep your oil. The question is, what's the difference? So the answer is, this is very interesting. Shemen yesh keva la'achila. I mean, it's common sense also. But yain and keva l'shtia. Very interesting. Oil, you can know approximately how much oil you're going to need during the meal. So in advance, you can get, you can get more oil, right? Like the likelihood of uh, saying, hey, we finished our oil. Let's grab some more oil. Everyone's really enjoying the oil. So that's probably less common than, all right, wow. All right, we finished one bottle. Let's grab another bottle. So, so, so because it's more predictable how much oil you will need in advance, so the likelihood of you having to run into the oil place in the middle and grab more oil in the middle of the meal while you have your bread with you is not as common. Whereas wine, it's more common. You're in the middle of the meal, you ran out of wine, you know, you want to keep the people happy before they get restless so that you run, grab another bottle of wine, you have your whatever it is that you're eating with you. So, um, Therefore, in that case, you would have to do b'tikas chametz in the wine cellar. Tani Rebchia taught asu otsris sheichar bebavok otsusyain beretisuah b'mistapik. Very interesting. Says Rebchia that they made the storage places of beer in Bavel like the storage places of wine in Eretz Yisrael b'mistapik. That is, that when people, you know, if you have a, a beer cellar, where people would go in the middle of the meal to grab more beer, so then you'd have to do a b'tikas chametz there, which is very interesting because you might be thinking that uh, isn't beer chametz. So this, I guess, would be, in my mind, this would be another indication that the beer in those days was date beer. And I guess date beer wouldn't necessarily be chametz. Barley beer, I mean, I'm pretty sure is chametz. I don't, we don't drink beer on Pesach. Um, I mean, I'm like pretty certain that that's true. So, so I guess that we're talking about, um, date beer, which is not chametz, but if you generally go into the beer cellar, the date beer cellar to, um, grab more beer in the middle of the meal, and you have, uh, bread with you when you do that, so therefore you have to do bedikas chametz. I'm Rav Chizda, Beidagam in Tzarek Bedika. Rav Chizda says that the place where you keep your fish, you do not, you probably, I don't know, maybe smoked fish or something, I don't know. So you don't need to do bedikas chametz. So but we learn in a Bryce that you do have to do Bidika Schametz where you keep your fish. Lokasha Depends if you're talking about big fish or small fish. Big fish, you probably, you know, you're gonna take you're not gonna run back in the middle to get a whole big fish, right? But small fish, you know, which maybe is more of like an appetizer kind of thing, which, you know, if you run out, you might come back to refill. So then you would have to do Bidika Schametz if you're gonna grab more in the middle of the meal. Amurabah bar Ravuna that the place where you keep your salt and the place where you keep your wax, you have to do b'tikas chametz, like where you keep your candles. Amr of Pape, says of Pape that where you keep your wood and where you keep your dates, you need to do b'tikas chametz. Says the Gemara Tana in Mechaivin also laachnes yadu lechorim v'lestakun livdok mpnias hakana. Very interesting. So we have a brisa that says that we do not require 
that somebody stick his hand into a hole to check for chametz because we're concerned about a sakana, some kind of dangerous situation. Okay? I mean, we had just said a few minutes ago that if the hole in the wall is conveniently located, then you would have to do it because chametz. But over here we're saying you don't have to because it's dangerous. My sakana, what's so dangerous? If we're concerned about, well, maybe there's a scorpion in there and it can bite you. Well, kimishtamish, well, then how did he get the chametz in there in the first place? If it's so dangerous, then why would there be chametz over there? So, oh. so we're talking about where the wall fell down. So meaning, there was once upon a time a wall, and this wall had a hole in it, and it was very convenient to keep your chametz there. The wall now fell down. And the question is, do you have to do a betikas chametz on this fallen wall? So, meaning, do you have to stick your hand into these this fallen wall, into the horn that's stuck in, into these... Um, into these holes and cracks um, um, into these holes and cracks in order to check for chametz. But if the wall fell down, well then, why would you have to do, why would you have to look for chametz in the first place? That if you have chametz that, you know, a bunch of stuff fell on it, well then, like a bunch of stones and stuff and it's trapped under a bunch of stones, well then, it, you know, it's considered like it's mivu'ar. It's, mivu'ar. it's considered like it's um, gone. It's, it doesn't exist. So therefore, uh, why would you have to do a bedika schametz on this fallen wall in the first place? So, so there, where you don't have to do a bedika schametz is where it fell down to such a degree where even a um, dog would be unable to get into this pile and retrieve the chametz that is trapped in there. However, if we're talking, if, if a dog would be able to get in there and, and, and find this chametz, well, then you would have to do a bdikas chametz. So that is what we're talking about, where you had a wall and in the wall there were holes and you kept chametz in the holes. The wall now fell down, but not really, really, really fell down, like where the chametz's mom is trapped and a dog wouldn't be able to find it, but a dog would be able to find it and therefore you have to do a bdikas chametz. However, we're concerned that in this pile of stones, there might be um, scorpions hiding out and therefore you would not have to do bdikas chametz. But didn't Rabbi Lazar say that messengers of a mitzvah, people who are going to do a mitzvah, do not get harmed? And that if that's the case, well then what's the concern? You're doing a mitzvah, you're doing bdikas chametz. Of course the um, scorpion is going to leave you alone. Amr v'ashi shema te'evad lo machat basra so Rav Ashi says well we're concerned that maybe yeah while you're looking for chametz you'll also remember that you have a needle that you lost in there as well or maybe while you're looking for the chametz you'll lose your needle and therefore now since you're dividing your attention between looking for chametz as well as looking for your needle so it's not completely um, 100% mitzvah oriented so therefore the you might get bitten by a scorpion but who cares if you're if you have two motives, who cares if in addition to searching for your chametz, you're also searching for a needle? Why is that a problem? We learn in the If somebody says, I'm giving tzedakah so that my son lives, or I'm giving tzedakah so that I should go to um, the world to come. So I raise it there's no problem with that. Meaning, as Rashi says, meaning, meaning he's completely a tzaddik in what he's doing. There's nothing wrong with what he's doing. Right? Which means, that um, there's nothing wrong with like doing two things at once, with with you know doing the mitzvah of tzedakah while also having your own motives, or in our case, doing the mitzvah of bidikas chametz while also 
um, intending to find your needle. So if that's the case, once again, I thought who cares if he's also looking for his needle? The fact of the matter is he should be protected because he's doing b'tikas chametz. Why should we be concerned about scorpions? The Gemara says dilma basu the badak asila yune basu. Well, we're concerned that well maybe after he's done with the b'tikas chametz, that is you know he's going to continue to look for this needle, um, or maybe he'll start to look for this needle, whatever it is, and at that point he will get. Um, bit by the scorpion so therefore we say just don't worry about it uh you don't need to search for anything in this pile we're concerned about gentiles if you search in your wall for this chametz we're concerned about gentiles what does that mean Uflimohi, and it's the tana plimo's opinion the tanya as we learn in the if you have a hole in the wall in a wall that is shared between a Jew and an Aramean, a non-Jew, bodek ad makom shiyadum agas libo. So the yid on erev Pesach does a bedikas chametz until the point in the wall where his hand can reach, and at that point he stops and he's mavatol the rest of it. Plimo amar kol atzmo eno bodek Plimo says, don't go near that wall. Do not do any bedika in that wall because of the danger. My sakana, what danger? Ine masakanas kshafim. If we say, well, the concern about sorcery, what sorcery? I bet you think that they're saying, well, maybe the non-Jew did some kind of witchcraft in there, some heebie-jeebies. That's what I thought also. That's actually not what it's talking about. Upon further analysis, I realized that it means that actually the non-Jew is going to suspect what in the world is the Yid doing in the wall with a candle at night he, the Yid, must be doing some kind of hocus-pocus, and then the non-Jew might get nervous and can create an uncomfortable, perhaps even dangerous, as we said, sakana, uh, a dangerous situation between them. So therefore, um, avoid it. You, you know, according to Plimo, you would not do a bedikas chametz if you share in, in the hole in the wall, which you share with a uh, Gentile. So, but if that's the case, then how did the chametz get in there in the first place? Well, awesome. Well, because when he put the chametz in there, it was during the daytime. And he wasn't, you know, being shady and going out at night with a candle. He just, I don't know, he, nothing wrong with putting a little chametz in a hole in the wall. Here, it is at night and you're, he's with a candle and it's a whole uh, kind of um, thing. And maybe the Gentile neighbor might might get a little spooked and think that he's being um magicked, sorcered, <laughs> and then he might get upset. Okay. For Amr Abelazar Shulchem Mitzvah in his okay, but didn't Rabalazar say that um, people doing mitzvahs don't get uh, damaged? So Heicha the Shriach Azeka Shani. I love this. It's brilliant. So yes, we do have this concept of um Shulchem Mitzvah in his okay. That if somebody's doing a mitzvah, they won't get damaged. But there's also the concept of, who could tell me? Don't be a nudnik. Right? Meaning, yeah, sure, shlucha mitzvah in nizokin, but, but, but don't ask for it. Right? <laughs> don't ask for it and then ask why, you, why, 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 why something bad happened. So, so therefore, I guess, you know, in a, in a situation where, where, where doing, going out with a candle at night might create, um, uncomfortable vibes. So just avoid it. Shneemar, as the Pasuk says, by Shmuel, by Yom Shmuel, Shmuel says to God, Eich elech, how can I go to Yishai's house to appoint 
um, one of his sons as a king, Varagani, and Shaul will hear and he will kill me. Um, and therefore, so Shmuel was concerned, even though he was going to do a mitzvah to appoint the next king on God's behest, nonetheless, Shmuel says, look, the fact of the matter is, if Shaul finds out, he'll kill me. So, God made a ploy and said, go with some cattle and then, and then make it as if you're bringing a sacrifice. Fine. Very interesting. If you have, um, students who live in these villages that are in an open area and they want to travel to the, to the, to the yeshiva, either very early in the morning or late at night when the, when the mazikim are out. So, can they go to the yeshiva, to the Beis HaMedrash, when it's very early or very late and, and it's dark out and there could be mazikin? So, Amrlu Nese, Rav said to them, let them go to the Beis HaMedrash, and if anything happens to them, it is upon me and my neck, right? Rav is so uh, convinced that nothing will happen to these um Yeshiva students, because they're going to learn. The Shluchei Mitzvah ain't a Nizokin. Nezil Mai, but what about the way back? Oh, that's a good Kasha. Right, so to go to the Beis HaMedjish, okay, they're on the way to do a Mitzvah. What about the way back? They're going to sleep. That's not a Mitzvah. So, oh, maybe they're going to eat or something. So, Amalehu, so he said to him, Lo Yadana, he says, I don't know. Okay. Itmar Amr Abelazar says, Abelazar Shluchei Mitzvah ain't a Nizokin, Lo Ba'li Chasam, Velo Ba'chazirasan. That says Rabbi Lazar that, that people on their way to do a mitzvah do not get harmed, not on their way there and not on their way back. Which is also interesting because Rav did not know the answer about the way back and Rabbi Lazar, who was a student of Rav, uh, seems to know the answer. And he's saying that um, just like they do not get damaged on the way there, they also do not get damaged on the way back. Kiman, who is that like? Kiaitana, it's like the following Tana, Ditani, Isi ben Yehuda, Omer, says Isi ben Yehuda, Klape Omer Torah, that when the Torah says, that when you go to be Ola Regal, what happens, you know, the entire Israel empties out during the Shalosh Regalim to go to Jerusalem. Mamish, you have entire cities that are empty. People are going to pillage and they're going to steal stuff, right? Wrong. Nobody is going to desire, is going to covet your property when you leave your house to go be Ola Regal in Jerusalem. Your cow is going to be grazing in the dirt, I guess the grass probably, and no wild animal is going to harm it. Your chicken is going to be poking around, in pecking around in the garbage, and no weasel is going to harm it. And this is now a kavachomer for us. If your cows and your chickens that it's so easy to make them into prey and yet there's a guarantee that because you're going to be Ola Regel that um, they will not be harmed. People who don't generally get harmed by these animals so um, then certainly or I guess harmed in general I guess then certainly we will not Oh wow, so Rashi says that people don't necessarily get uh, damaged because a person has ma- a mazal, as we learned about, what was that, Shabbos at the very end, right? A mazal to Yisrael, but that, 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 but that didn't mean that Yidin don't have mazal b'chlal, it meant that they're able to daven and override their mazal. But um, 
Okay, but 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 and Rashi says Leos Nizak They don't generally get uh, damaged. So therefore, if these animals that generally get uh, damaged um, will not get damaged when you're going to go be ole regel, so then certainly people that do not generally get damaged certainly they will not get harmed when they are going to be ole regel. So we see that on the way to be ole regel, um, and you will not be harmed. I'm sorry, ain't, where am I? Okay, Okay, so that teaches me that when the Yidin go to Yerushalayim to be Ola Regal, they will not be harmed. How do I know that when they, on the way back, they will also not be harmed? Tamaloma, therefore it says, that it says that the next day after Yom Tif, you will, and this is by the Korban Pesach, I think, by, 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 by Pesach, so it says you'll wake up the next day and you'll go back to your tent. I.e., what it's saying is that even after the, the regal is over and you're going back home, um, you will arrive, right? You will go and arrive at your tent, i.e., you will arrive home safely. So even afterwards, that you will go and find your tent in peace. So once already we have a Pasuk that teaches us that you will arrive home safely, well then if you're going to arrive home safely after you've done the mitzvah, then certainly when you're on, you're on your way to doing the mitzvah, you will arrive to do the mitzvah safely. So why do I need the first Pasuk that teaches me that when I go to do a mitzvah, I will re- uh, arrive healthy and unscathed? I mean, I could just make a kavachomer from the fact that when I get home, Right, on my way back, I will be unscathed. Well, then certainly on my way there, I will be unscathed. So, we need that first pasuk that to teach me that on your way, you will arrive safely for Rabbi Ami, the Amr Rabbi Ami. This is very interesting. I don't know if we pasuk in this way, but Rabbi Ami says that only somebody who owns real estate, who owns property, is Ola Regal, goes to um, Jerusalem for the holidays. But if you do not own property, then you do not. And he learns it out from that initial pasuk of, nobody will covet your land when you go to be Ola Regal. So that implies that you go, that you have land, that you're leaving to be Ola Regal. If you don't have land, then you do not actually have to be Ola Regal to go to Jerusalem, which is very interesting. This is where I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the daf that in the introduction that we're going to get into experience design, which is really interesting. Listen to what the Gemara says over here. Amr bi'avin by Rav Ada Amr bi'itzchak mipneima in Peres Ginosar bi'Yushalayim. How come they don't have Peres Ginosar in Yushalayim? Who remembers Peres Ginosar? It was daf I think Memdalad of Masechta Brachos and also daf Lamed of Masechta Erevin. The Peres Ginosar were these very very sweet fruits, and Rabbi Yochanan could apparently eat lots and lots of them. So how come in Jerusalem they don't have amazingly sweet delicious fruits? Kedeshiloyu ole regalim omrim so that the People who go to Jerusalem for the festivals should not say, Wow. If we would have only, you know, if the only reason that we went to Jerusalem was to eat those amazing, delicious fruits, that would have been enough. Which means that they didn't really come to Jerusalem in the first place for the right reason, which was to be Ole Regal. And to come for the holiday to Jerusalem, they really just went and got distracted by these delicious fruits. Let's go weiter. Why do they not have the Tiberian hot springs in Jerusalem? For the same reason, that you shouldn't have people come and say, wow, that festival was so gishmak. Those Chame Tiveria were so amazing. If, you know, 
you know, who knows, maybe he didn't even make it to bring his uh, Olas Re'iyah and Shami Chagiga, right? He was just hanging out in the hot springs, right? He says, oh, if only it was enough to get to the hot springs, that would be enough. And then it turns out that he didn't go to be Ola the regular Shema. Meaning, it's very interesting to think about, you know, I don't know, imagine like the uh, the event planners who are planning for the uh, Shalash Rugalim, and they think, wow, why don't we get Perez Ginosar? Why don't we get Chami uh, Tiveria? I guess it's a, it's a lesson about, oh, we got a motorcycle, Chavra. So it's a, um, it's a lesson about like event planning over here. The Gemara is teaching us, right? When, where, I guess I'm not an event planner, but I can only imagine, right? That you have to take into account, like, will something be enhanced or will it detract? Will it be distraction from the main thing? I don't know. Maybe if you're like planning a wedding or something like, and you have all these cool things, are people going to be distracted and nobody's going to like be where you want them to be because they're distracted by these other things? Super, super interesting, right? Right. Let's go on. So now the Gemara says, and with regard to what did they say that the two rows in the um, wine cellar you don't have to check for chametz? So the Gemara says, right, or the basement. Who said anything about a basement? Right, meaning the the, the what, what what was going on in the mission over there? Right, it was saying that wherever you don't bring any chametz, so you don't have to do bidikas chametz, and then all of a sudden all of a sudden talking about a basement. Who said anything about a basement? So the Gemara says. This is how you have to read the Mishnah. The Mishnah. Any place where you do not bring chametz there, well, if you don't bring chametz there, so then you could skip it. You don't have to do bedika over there. And as we learned earlier, also where you keep your wine and where you keep your oil, you also don't have to do bedika chametz. And when they said that um, you would have to do um, bedika in a wine cellar, so So that when we say that you have to do uh, in the wine cellar, it's only the first two rows. And we're going to have a whole explanation now about what these two rows are. But two rows in the wine cellar because that is where you bring chametz uh, if you were to take wine in the middle of the meal. And now we're going to get into the machlokas between Beishamai and Beishil about what these two rows in the wine cellar are. And with that, we are going to close up Dafches. Um, Let's go weiter. So says the Gemara, really going forward in the Mishnah, Beshamay Om Shte Shuris Vichule, Omer Rev Yehuda Shte Shuris Sheamru Minaaris Vachme Kora. So Rev Yehuda says something important, which is going to be uh, basically the assumption for the rest of the daf, which is that um, what we're talking about is you have a wine cellar, and the way that you would load up the wine cellar, imagine that it was mamish packed to capacity, okay? It was as full as it can get. So how do they. Um, add barrels to the wine cellar. So first, they would fill up the entire floor with 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 with, with barrels, right? So you could not move anywhere, right? And so let's just say, or let's just say this: it was a row ten barrels by ten barrels, like mamish. It, it was all filled up, ten barrels deep, ten barrels wide. Great. Now you have more barrels that you want to get, so you start making a second layer, and so on top of the first layer, you now add another hundred barrels. 10 barrels deep, 10 barrels wide. And you keep on doing that all the way until you get all the way up to the ceiling, okay? So you have several rows or layers of barrels, okay? So Rav Yehuda says that according to Beis Shammai, when they say um, that it is two rows upon the entire um, the entire cellar, so according to Rav Yehuda, what it means is that if you take like the first, let's say from floor to ceiling, okay? So let's just say you have, uh, so let's just say you managed to get 10 rows tall, 10 rows wide, let's say, and also 10 rows deep, 
Okay, so according to Vudo, we're talking about that first row that you see when you walk into the cellar, right? What's staring you in the face, which is going to be 10 barrels tall and 10 barrels wide. So I guess it'll be 100 barrels, right? That first row that is staring you in the face. That's 10 rows wide and 10 rows tall. So that one and the next one in front of it as well. So two of those rows. So it would be like 200 barrels. So Rabbi Yochanan says it's like a kimin gam, which is basically, a gam is like uh, the, the, the uh, Hebrew letter chaf. I think it came up in Masech Ervin as well. But basically, according to Rabbi Yochanan, what it would be is, it would be that first row of Rabbi Yehuda, i.e. the first row that's 10 barrels tall and 10 barrels wide. Um, and then, but it would then also be the top row, meaning that goes from the front until all the way to the back, as deep as it goes. And we said that we're talking about 10 rows deep as well. So it would basically be like, imagine like a house. So imagine, and it's got four walls and a ceiling. So imagine you take one of those walls and the ceiling. So that's what we're talking about. So the wall, when you walk into the cellar, the wall that you're staring at, and the wall of barrels that you're staring at, plus the sort of ceiling level of these barrels, the top level of these barrels, that's 10 um, barrels wide and 10 barrels deep. Oh my gosh. I just feel like I'm back in Erevin talking about, instead of barrels though, we're talking about Tfachim, whatever it is. Tane Kavaset to Rav Yehuda, Tane Kavaset to Rav Yochanan. We have Bryce supporting both Rav Yehuda and Rav Yochanan. Tane Kavaset to Rav Yehuda. Beis Shamei Omrim says, Beis Shamei Shtei Shuros, Apni Kol If you have two rows um, on all, you know, on, on the face of all of the seller, Vishtei Shuros Sha'amru. And when they said these two rows, Mina Aretz Vach Mekora, it is from the ground until the ceiling and it's, um, Two of those rows, one and then immediately followed by the next. Tanya Kavasid Rabbi Yochanan, and we have a Brisa supporting Rabbi Yochanan, Shtei Shuris, Alpani Kolamartev, that when Bishamai says it's two rows on, uh, on, on all of the cellar, Chitsona Roe Esa Pesach, so the, it's talking about the outer row that, that looks at the stairs at the door, i.e., when you walk in the door, it's the first row that you see, the Aliona Roe Esa Kora, and it's also that ceiling row. Um, but anything below that top layer of barrels and anything deeper, you know, within that first row, that first, um, um, wall of barrels, you wouldn't have to check anything like in the middle. Um, Basil says the two outer rows that they are the top rows. Amurav says Rav, Elyona Vishalamata Imena. So says Rav, if we're still looking at our, our, you know, what is it? I don't even know how many it would be. So in our case, it would be a thousand barrels. Okay. Right. Each row, each layer would be like a hundred barrels. It would be 10 barrels deep and 10 barrels wide. Um, and then we have, we said that we have, you know, we just made this up arbitrarily, but that we have 10 layers of this. So according to Rav, it would be El Yonav Shalamate Mena. So if we're looking at that, that first wall of barrels, so it would be the top 10 barrels, like wide, right? From the left to the right. So the top, row of barrels on that first wall and then the row right beneath it right so if the first row on the floor was row one and the highest row was row 10 so we're talking about row 10 and row 9 okay so 20 barrels so Shmuel says that it's that top row but also the one deeper in so also 20 barrels but it's going to be um, also starting uh, with row 10 and all 10 barrels across but instead of going down to row nine, you stay on that top row, but go in more one row. My time with the Rav, how come Rav is talking about where both rows are on the outer wall? 
But it says, the, right, it says that they are the top one. But according to Rav, one of them is actually the second from the top. So the mute tatoi de tatiyasa. So when it says alyonos, it's only coming to exclude the ones that, you know, from rows eight and down. Shmuel Amar says, Shmuel, Elyonovish Mena, it's the top row, right, and also the one that goes in one. So, my timer, Diek Elyonos, how come Shmuel is focusing on the top layer, right, to say that both of them are on the top row, right, Vehachitsonos um, Katani, but it also, Basil also, also said the outer ones, i.e., so shouldn't that be the outer row? One of, one of your rows, Shmuel, is inner more. So katani, so limute gavioso de gavioso. No, that that is just coming to um, exclude the ones that are like even more inner than the first two inner rows, i.e., rows like um, eight to one going in, um, going deep. Okay, fine. Rebchia tani kavasi the rav. Rebchia teaches like his, I guess, nephew rav. Bechulu tanoi. Tanu kavase de Shmuel, all the other Tanaim taught like Shmuel, Vilsa Kavase de Shmuel, and the Lacha is like Shmuel that's talking about uh those uh the top row and also the one that's inner from it. You got that? I don't know. I guess Arab Pesach, when you're cleaning your wine barrels, let's talk. However, that was Daf Ches of Msechta Psachim. There was a packed with stuff, packed with stuff. So Reasons to use a candle rather than a torch. Rabbi Nachum Bar Yitzchak says, well, because a candle can get you into the chorim v'tzdakim, all those little holes and cracks. Rabbi Zvid says, well, because a candle shines its light forward, whereas opposed to a torch shines its light backwards. Rav Papa said, well, because a torch, you're going to be scared, they're going to burn your house down, you're not going to focus on searching for chametz. Ravina says, well, because a torch has a jumping flame and we want a stationary flame that you can focus. Places where you do not bring chametz are exempt, right? So such as wine cellars, uh, oil, you know, where you keep your oil, where you keep your grain, your chicken coop, things like that. And we did say, though, that if, you know, if you go into your wine cellar in the middle of the meal with your bread, well, then you would have to do a batikas chametz. You do not have to do batikas chametz in a hole because of a sakana. If you have a hole in the wall, what's the sakana? First, we said, well, if the wall falls, it falls down, there might be scorpions. And then Rav Nachum Yitzchik said, well, if your neighbor sees you doing your hocus pocus batikas chametz stuff, you might get concerned that you're doing hocus pocus. Messengers of mitzvah do not get harmed. Shluchei mitzvah nizokin. So interestingly, we said, but also be responsible. So, you know, yes, well, you won't get shluchei mitzvah ena nizokin, but don't also look for harm. Um, and then, what, so then we said, okay, so I get it if you're doing it on the way to the mitzvah. What about on the way back? So Rav said he's not sure about the way back. Uh, Rabbi Lazar says that, no, it, it applies to the way back as well. And we learned that from um, when you go to be Ole Regel and just kind of leave everything and God guarantees that everything will be, you'll find it as you left it. Then we had some interesting like experience design kind of stuff. Right, that the reason why there's no Peros Ginosa and no Chamitveria in Jerusalem is because then you might uh, lose focus of what the real reason why you're being Ola Regal is, which is to visit God on the holidays and to bring your Korbanos. Um, but you're really gonna, all you're gonna take away from it is that there was really good fruit and nice Schwitzes. Beis Shammai, their opinion regarding the wine cellars. So according to Yehuda, it's talking about the outer two walls from floor to ceiling. Rabbi Yochanan says it is the outer wall from floor to ceiling plus the top layer of, of barrels. Um, that, yeah, kind of like a house if you take a, like one wall and the roof. And then Beis Hillel says, according to Rav, it's talking about the top two uh, rows from left to right. So rows 9 and 10. 
Um, and Shmuel says it's talking about both rows are row 10, but one is sort of inner, in more. And Rupchia um, passing is like Rav, all the other time I'm passing like Shmuel. That was Daf Ches of Mesech the Psachim. I hope you enjoyed it very much. Peace out.